Hey, my name is Ken and I'm one of the location pastors of Grace Church and we are really glad that you decided to join us this weekend. We know that you have many options. A lot of churches are online right now and the fact that you decided to join us here at Grace Church that we are honored. We're in our second week of a series that we're calling On Demand. And uh, the reason we're calling On Demand is because On Demand has changed the way that we consume TV. And you know this right now that On Demand helps us to watch TV where we want to watch it, when we want to watch it, and without all those pesty commercials. But if you were to tell me as a kid that you'd be able to watch TV whenever you wanted, on your phone, on, on your laptop, I'd say, you're crazy. Because when I was a kid growing up in the 70s, our TV was the size of a small love seat. Let me show you a picture of what my TV looked like as a kid. As you're looking at this picture, you can see it's massive. It doesn't hang on the wall, it's, it's, it's furniture. And you'll notice that there's not buttons, there's actually dials. If you wanted to change the channel, and there's only three channels, if you wanted to change the channel, you had to get up off the couch, walk all the way over to the TV and change a dial. There wasn't a remote. But I remember in middle school, my dad came home with a TV that had one of these. And this changed everything. I felt like I could control the world when I had this in my hand because now I controlled what everybody wanted to watch. And if I wanted to change the channel, I didn't have to get up and walk all the way over to the TV. I just pressed a button. That's what this series is all about. This series is about taking the control of your life and changing, uh, changing your life, changing the habits that, that you uh, deem un unhealthy. And so you have the opportunity to take control of every area of your life um, with, with, with decisions that you make. Last week, Pastor Sean talked about controlling, controlling your time. I think it's important that we remember that, that, that you, you can't control the areas of your life. Now, we know that the life is, is, is crazy right now. There are a lot of things that have changed about the way we do life. Like, going to the grocery store has completely changed. Like, you got to go up one aisle and down another, and if you go up the wrong aisle, people look at you funny. It's, just, it's, it's a crazy mess. So everything has changed about our life. Going to the gym, not being able to go to the gym, even going to church. Like, right now, you're watching, maybe on a Tuesday afternoon, on demand, and you're at the beach. So everything about our life has, has changed. And I think a danger, a real danger, potential danger, is that because things have changed so drastically, we can find ourselves slipping into some bad unhealthy habits. And so today, I want to talk to you about one of the areas that I found myself slipping into a bad habit, and that's with my physical health. When COVID hit, it was the middle of March, uh, the gyms closed, you couldn't go outside because it was cold, and I tell people COVID-19, the 19 stands for 19 pounds. Anybody else with me on that? Like, I ate everything in sight because there was nothing else, no, no, nothing else to do. Now, you might be thinking, like, what is my physical health have to do with spirituality. And I would say the Bible says it has everything to do with your spirituality. Part of growing in your relationship with Jesus means growing healthier in all areas of your life, including your physical life. See, the Bible doesn't separate our physical life, our financial life, our, our social life, our, 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 our career life, our family life, it doesn't separate all that. The Bible, when it talks about our life, it's talking about all those things and all those things are connected and all those things are uh, influence one another. See, we, we're the ones that want to separate them. So if our finances aren't doing well, that still doesn't affect our relationships or it doesn't affect our career or it doesn't affect our kids. But the Bible says that they're all connected 
and they influence and they impact every area of our life. If you're a follower of Jesus, everything is a reflection of your relationship with God, including your body. Paul told the church in Rome, he says, present your body as a living sacrifice. This is the most reasonable thing that you can do considering everything that God has done for us. He actually called it a reasonable act of worship. You see, our relationship with Jesus shapes all areas of our life, even sexually. God is the one that gave us sex and he says, I'm gonna put it in marriage and it's a picture of, of Jesus' relationship with the church. It's not just a physical act, it's actually a spiritual act. Our relationships with others. Jesus was teaching one time and he said, hey, if, if you're coming into the temple and you have your gift and you, and you remember that there's somebody that, that you had a fight with, leave your gift, go make it right with that person and then come back. Why? Because your relationships, your, your personal relationships are a reflection of your spirituality. Jesus said, uh, remember the Torah, the first five books uh, uh, of the Hebrew Bible. Jesus or, or God gave them um, different laws, not just the 10 commandments. Those are the top 10, but there are over 300 different commandments that the Bible, that God gives uh, the Jewish people. And he says, I want, you, I want you to obey them all. And some of them had to do with where they, what they did when they were at work, the days they could work, the days they couldn't work, where they could go food that they could eat and things that they, they, they weren't supposed to eat. All of that was a reflection and a connection of their relationship with God. God actually gave some people special diets, special restrictions, like Samson, for instance. Samson had a special restriction on his diet. He wasn't supposed to drink alcohol. Now, that wasn't forbidden by the Jewish people. They could have wine, but his relationship with God, God said, because of our special relationship, I don't want you to drink strong drink. Uh, John the Baptist had a special diet. He ate locusts and, and honey. I don't see too many people today adopting that diet, right? But Samson, because of his relationship with God, he didn't drink alcohol. And truthfully, for some of you, because of your relationship with God, maybe you shouldn't drink alcohol because it's something that hinders your relationship with God. See, there's a real connection between your physical life, what you do with your life, and your spiritual relationship with God. And this is a picture that we see in the life of Daniel. So we're gonna look at the life of Daniel and we're gonna learn three lessons from his life and how he took control of his physical health and that we can learn from uh, him and apply to our lives. So if you have your Bibles, we're in Daniel chapter one. If you have your, your phone, you can uh, open it up to the Bible app in Daniel chapter one. We'll begin reading in verse number one. It says, the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and he permitted him to take some of the sacred, uh, uh, sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and he placed them in the treasure house of his God. The king ordered uh, Ashpenaz, the chief of the staff, to, to bring to the palace some of the men of Judah, the royal family and some of the other noble families, uh, who had been brought into captivity. He said, select only the healthy, the good-looking young men. Make sure that they are well-versed in every branch of learning and are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited for, for service in the royal palace. Uh, train these young men in languages and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food from, of wine from his own kitchens. And they were to be trained for three years. 
Then they should enter the royal service. But Daniel, Hannah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, and all of them were from the tribe of Judah. It says the chief staff uh, renamed these men with Babylonian names. So they have Hebrew names, but he's going to rename them. Daniel is Belshazzar, Hannah is Shadrach, Mishael is uh, Meshach, and Azariah is Abednego. But the Bible says, but Daniel was determined not to eat the food that was given to him by the king. So the first thing I want you to notice, if you're going to take control of, of your healthy habits, is not allow your circumstances to cause you to slip into unhealthy habits. Daniel didn't allow his circumstances to derail him in having good habits. Now, Daniel's life was completely turned upside down. One day, he's a free man in, in, Judea, uh, in Judea, and he's able to do whatever he wants. He can go to the market. He can do this. He can do that. But now, all of a sudden, he's a slave. Now, all of a sudden, he can't go where he wants to go. He can't eat what he wants to eat. He's getting a new job. He has a new place where he's living. Everything about his life and his circumstances has changed. He's lost control. But Daniel says, I've lost control of my circumstances, but I've not lost control of my choices. Daniel, even the mess that Daniel's in, the children of Israel were in captivity for over 70 years, not because of something that Daniel did. It was something that other people had done, and Daniel was now experiencing negative consequences because of something someone else did. And so what Nebuchadnezzar is trying to do in, in bringing them here, enslaving them, and giving them new food, and giving them new names, is he's trying to strip their identity as followers of God. He's trying to distance them from their relationship with God. That's why he brought the, the sacred objects and put them in his temple. That's why he's giving them new names, not names after Jehovah God, but after gods of, of Babylonia. But Daniel didn't let his circumstances, ones that he couldn't control, derail him and cause him to slip into bad habits. You might be in a situation where you can't control certain circumstances. Maybe there is a medical issue that doesn't allow you to go to the gym. Maybe you can't run anymore. But Daniel did something. Is there something that you can do to take control and be healthier? I want you to know that God is greater than your circumstances. God is greater than your addiction. He's greater than any of the bad choices that you've made or your past failures. But you have to take control of your habits. Daniel took control. He did something. So, so maybe you can't go to the gym, but you can walk. So take a prayer walk around your neighborhood. Pray for your neighbors. Maybe you really can't even get out and walk or you don't want to get out and walk because of, of the virus. You're nervous about that. Can you change your diet? You can do something to take control of your health. And that's something that we learned from Daniel. Unhealthy habits always reveal a deeper issue. So Daniel says, I'm not going to eat this meat, one, because it wasn't kosher. It violated the Torah. But a second thing that most people don't realize is that this meat was offered to idols before it was given to the king. The king wasn't going to eat scraps. He ate only the best food. And the best food was first offered to idols and then given to the king. And then the king was giving it to, the, to these men. And Daniel says, I'm not going to do that. That violates my conscience. And, and, and it wasn't that it was bad meat. But it was something that violated Daniel's conscience and he wasn't going to compromise. You say, what's the big deal? Uh, like he's, he's in a foreign land. He doesn't have any control over it. I mean, like you got to go along to get along. And Daniel's like, no, I'm not going to compromise. 
Small compromises take you to places and things that you never thought you would do. No one ever wakes up and says, I'm going to destroy my marriage. Well, how does a marriage get unhealthy? It's one small compromise after another small compromise after another small compromise. And it's not just one. As you read the book of Daniel, you see there's another uh, challenge in, in chapter number three that they have a choice. Am I going to compromise or am I going to stick with my, my beliefs? In chapter six, there's another compromise. And Daniel has to discipline himself to have healthy, healthy habits so that he can grow in his relationship with God. That's why it's a big deal. And there's always tests. The choices that you make can either free you to live a, a healthy life or they can enslave you. And there's always that deeper issue. It's like for me, when COVID hit, I got down just like a, a lot of people did. And what, how I made myself feel more comfortable is I ate moose tracks. I, I admit it, okay? I had moose tracks and I ate it. Uh, I ate a lot of it. Why? Because I, I, I felt bad. I couldn't control my circumstances. I lost my part-time job. Uh, I couldn't go out. I couldn't do things. And so to make myself feel better, I comforted myself with comfort food. Now, physically, that's a problem because I did gain some weight. But there's a spiritual problem because the Bible says that God is the God of all comfort and that the Holy Spirit, who he's given to us, the Bible says he's actually the comforter. And so I was replacing God with moose tracks. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I was turning to food to comfort me when I should have been turning to God. So my question to you is, what have you replaced God with? Is it alcohol? Is it sex? Is it drugs? Is it your career? Is it your physical health? See, when we turn to those things for identity, for comfort, for fulfillment, We've replaced God with those things. That's why it's a big deal. Daniel's desire to please God was stronger than his desire to please himself, to please others, to promote himself. And that's why he developed healthy habits. The second thing that Daniel did that we can learn from that helped him ha develop healthy habits is not letting people cause you to slip into unhealthy habits. Daniel faced opposition. Look at verse number nine. It says, now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. Daniel made a friend who was a Babylonian, but he responded, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has ordered you to eat his food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other young men, I'm afraid that the king will have me beheaded. So Daniel spoke to someone else. He spoke to the attendant who was over him to see if he would go along with it. You see, Daniel understood that what he did not only influenced him and affected him, but it affected others. The reason the king was giving him meat was not just so that Daniel would be healthy. He knew that it was offered to idols and he was trying to separate them from their relationship with God. He's trying to, he's trying to distance them. And because Daniel was part of a royal family or part of a noble family, if he followed this, then everyone else would. They would say, you know what, Daniel's doing it. And if, and if Daniel's going along with it, why won't we? That just shows you, like, if you're a person that has influence, like a parent, what you do matters. And when you compromise, your, uh, you compromise in any area of your life, it's a reflection of not only your relationship with God, but it impacts other people. And sometimes for generations. Daniel experienced this, and the, the, the people of Judah experienced this for, for 70 years. 
And so Daniel says, I'm not going to do this because it's not good for me, but it's not good for everyone else who sees my example. And so his friend says, I'm, I'm not going to go along with this. You might experience people opposing you, and if not opposing you, at least not helping you be healthy. You might have experienced this if you've ever gone on a diet and people in your house are not on a diet with you. I've been on diets before and my kids are like, nope, we're not doing that, dad. And so I'm, I'm restricting. I'm not eating moose tracks anymore. I'm not going to McDonald's anymore. And I sit down on the couch and they have everything that I've said no to. Jerks. <laughs> but they're not helping me. They're not against me. They, they don't want me to fail, but they're not helping me in my relationship. I don't have too many examples of someone who, when I try to do something right, was opposed to it. I do have one example uh, I was working at BJ's, I was a meat cutter, and uh, they had a policy if you found uh, money on the floor that you're supposed to turn it in. Obviously it was a customer's, it wasn't mine, and so I did that. I went to the manager and I, I was gonna give her the money, uh, it was $20, and she said, no, don't worry about it. No one will ever miss $20, they're not gonna come back for it, because the policy was turn it in after 30 days if no one, if no one claims it, it's yours, and that, so that's what I was gonna do. And so she's like, no, keep it, and she wouldn't take it. But I knew that was the right thing to do, so I went to another manager, I gave it to them. Well, the next day when I came in, she pulled me aside and she chewed me out. She's like, what, do you think you're better than me? I'm like, what? She goes, I told you to keep the money and you gave it. I said, well, that was the right thing to do. She felt convicted by me doing something that was right because she told me to do something that's wrong. And the truth of the matter is when you try to be healthy, there will be people in your life. It could be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. It could be a family member. It could be your boys. That, like, like you don't want to drink anymore but they're going to keep calling you to go out on Friday nights. It could be your boyfriend. Like you're like, I want my relationship to honor God. And, and so we're not going to sleep around anymore. We're not going to sleep together anymore. But he's going to keep asking. It's not that he's against you, but he's, he's, not, he's not going to help you. See, so your relationships, your finances, what you do with your body matters. And sometimes like Daniel, he was willing to have difficult conversations and he was, he was willing to risk relationships so that he could be healthy. And that's why this, this third lesson is so important because again, there might be people who won't help you and hurt you. And this is the third lesson we learned from Daniel. The third lesson is don't do it alone. Daniel did not try to develop this healthy habit by himself. Look at verse number 12. He said, test us. For 10 days on this diet of vegetables and water. Now, this is how I know it's of God. Like 10 days, he didn't eat anything but vegetables and God, or vegetables and water. And then he didn't do that for three years. There's no way I could do that. There's no way I could just eat vegetables and water for 10 days, let alone for three years. But Daniel said, you test us. Who's, who's the us? It's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel didn't do this by himself. He had these three guys there encouraging him and supporting him. See, this talk is not about a diet. It really isn't. It's about you being healthy and you making better choices. You taking control of your life in every area of your life because it affects your relationship with God. It's not just about your diet. It's not just about going to the gym. It's not about your relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your family. It's how all those things are connected together and how they impact and influence not only your relationship with God, but with others. We have to recognize that. And so Daniel said, we're going to restrict our diet, not because it's a better diet. I don't think that vegetables is a better diet than meat. Okay, you can argue with me. I'll take keto 
over being a vegetarian any day. I need my bacon. I need my bacon. Okay. So it's not about a diet. It's not about vegetables being better than meat. What it was about for Daniel was who he was and whose he was. See, the reason that I want to be in shape and I want to be healthy, I'm not talking about being in shape. I'm not talking about ladies that you need to be a a size two dress. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being 10% body fat. I'm not talking about having muscles. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about being healthy. It's not about body shaming or any of that. It's about you being healthy because it's a reflection of our relationship with God. And the reason that many of us fail when it comes to our health or developing any type of healthy habit is because we try to do it alone. We try to do it without God and we try to do it without other people. And that's why here at Grace Church, we have life groups. That's why we encourage you to have friends that will encourage you. I have a a growth partner. Uh, It's Taylor. He's the pastor of, of Braintree. And when we meet, we talk about what we're reading in the Bible. We talk about our families. But we also talk about our health. Why? Because we want to be healthy in all areas of our life because all areas of our life are a reflection of our relationship with God. And so don't do it alone. And for some of you, the reason that you're failing and you can't kick the the addiction is because you're doing it alone. You can't stop drinking because you won't go to a meeting. Your relationship with your spouse is horrible because you won't go see and get counsel. You're unhealthy with what you're doing with your bodies because you won't get somebody that will ask you what you're eating or or won't come alongside of you and maybe do a diet with you. We need each other. See, your relationships are either helping you or hurting you from becoming the person that God's called you to be. Your relationships, they're either helping you or they're hurting you from becoming the person that God is calling you to be. And here's the truth of the matter. People are saying that about you. You are either helping someone become the person God is calling them to be or you're a barrier. You're like the family member that's sitting on the couch eating moose tracks while the other person's on a diet. You're either helping them become the person that God's called them to be or you're a barrier. So who can you help? Who needs your help? And whose help do you need? Daniel understood that he wasn't going to allow his circumstances and he wasn't going to allow other people and he couldn't do it alone. And that's why Daniel was able to, to develop a healthy habit. And because he was able to develop healthy habits, God blessed him. As you read the last part of chapter number one, the Bible says that God blessed him. And then when King Nebuchadnezzar looked at these men, he said they are 10 times better off. They're smarter, they're healthier than everyone else. And I don't think it's just because they ate vegetables. It's because Daniel understood that that physical discipline is a prerequisite for spiritual blessings. And for many of us, the reason that we don't see God's blessing in our life is because we're not willing to discipline ourselves physically. But Daniel understood that. And so God blessed them. Anytime that you go above and beyond and you're obedient to God, God blesses. So your physical discipline I believe mirrors your spiritual discipline. There are things that you struggle with spiritually and and you don't have the discipline to overcome those because physically it mirrors your, your relationship with God. So for some of you, really, if you want to grow spiritually, 
like Paul, you need to discipline your body, grow that discipline muscle so that you can say no to whatever, so that you can say no to that sin that you crave. Say no to sugar. Say no to bread. I mean, I know I overstepped right there. That's, that's, that's stepping over the line. But if you can say no to the things that your body craves, it builds that muscle to be able to say no to the things that spiritually that you know is wrong. And so maybe for you, like Daniel, you need to say for 10 days, I'm going to stop doing something. I'm going to stop eating sugar. I'm going to stop eating desserts. For 10 days, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do something for 10 days so that I can say no to a, a, a spiritual discipline that, or sin that affects, affects my life. Maybe you're the type of person, though, you've got the physical down. You go to the gym every day. You're there an hour, hour and a half. You do weights. You do cardio. Your diet is on point. But spiritually, you struggle. I'm going to encourage you, take some of that physical discipline that you have, that you're so good at, and apply that to your spiritual disciplines. So maybe you connect the two. So while you're on the treadmill, you're praying. You're doing your prayer walk. It's just not in your neighborhood. It's just on the treadmill. You're walking and you're seeing people and you may not know them, but God, bless that person. God, whatever that person is going through, I'm asking you to work in their life. Show yourself to be real to them. Or maybe while you're working out, you're listening to worship music. You're combining the physical with the spiritual to grow in your relationship with God. The Bible says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, you're to do it all to the glory of God. Your life wasn't meant to be compartmentalized. Everything is connected. And it has an impact not only on your life, but the life of, of others. And your spiritual habits can become their spiritual habits. Your physical disciplines can influence their spiritual disciplines. If you don't like the place you find yourself in right now, and there's unhealthy habits that you have, you have the control and you can change the channel. The choice is up to you. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful for the life of Daniel and the lessons that we learn from his life. God, his life wasn't easy. I can only imagine what it's like to be in captivity and be told what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and thinking that I have no control. And God, that's true. There are times in our life where we have no control over our circumstances. Life is difficult, and many of us, we've lost jobs, and there's nothing we can do about that. God, we've lost relationships. We've made bad choices, and there's nothing we can do about those circumstances. But God, we always have control over our decisions. We always have control over our actions. And God, I'm praying that you would help us when it comes to our physical health, that we would take the remote control of our life in that area and then we would make a, we would make a change. God, whether that's in our diet, whether that's in our exercise, God, that we would strive to do something that will help us to be healthier. Because like Paul said, that is our most reasonable act of worship, presenting you our body and saying, God, you've given me this body, you've given me this health, and I am a steward of it. And so my question to you is, are you stewarding your body well? Is how you live your life an accurate reflection of your love to God? Or is it unhealthy? And if it is, what decisions, what choices do you need to change? 
I'm going to ask you to make those decisions, make those choices, and then I'm going to ask you to share that with one other person who will ask you about that, whether it's a diet, gym, reading your Bible more, praying more. But someone needs to be encouraging you when you get discouraged. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that prompts us, that guides us, that comforts us in all of our, all of our difficulties. God, we thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen.